Thanks for listening to this Ave Maria radio podcast. Be sure to share it with your friends and family and across social media. Building the church so we can bless the nations. This is Ave Maria radio. Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. As a young Marine, Andrew Young was part of the first wave of Americans' military to enter Afghanistan just months after the 9-11 attack. Um, he did tours in Afghanistan and Iraq. Uh, he went on, though, to become a Catholic priest, and he spent much of last year in Afghanistan as one of the last Catholic U.S. military chaplains in the country. Uh, Father Andy Young now serves as Vicar General of the Diocese of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Father, good to have you with me. Thanks. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, let me ask a question that I'm sure many people are uh, wondering about. As uh, somebody who went into Afghanistan uh, as a young Marine 20 years ago, and now as a Catholic priest, how do you regard our departing from Afghanistan? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, having been there, you know, 20 years ago, yeah. right after 9-11, and, you know, and, and you know, the the desire to, you know, to, I mean, there was a young Marine and we saw what happened to the twin towers and, you know, the desire really to, to rid that world of the terrorists and that where it, where it came from yeah. and uh, where that attack came from. And, and, you know, with going in there with the, with great ideals and hopes that, that, you know, that terrorism would be rooted out and, and, and for the people of Afghanistan who had been, you know, for, you know, years in war with the, with the Russians and, and now with you know having the, you know the Taliban taking over their country, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Twenty years later, it, it's um, uh, you know, it, I guess it's hard to see. I guess you you hope the hope was that it would be different, that we would uh, have a country that you know was stable and our, right. where you know girls could go to school and you know. But I don't I don't I don't underestimate that you know the goodness of the Americans that were there, the soldiers, Marines, airmen, um, sailors. Um, you know, the, the goodness that they brought to them mm-hmm. and, and the hope that they brought to the people of Afghanistan that it'll be something that they won't soon forget. And so I think that, you know, even though it is, uh, you'd hope that we would have left maybe differently or that, that it would be a stable country and not in the hands of the Taliban again. I still don't think we, we can totally, the story is still not written, I don't think. And that, right. and that I think the, that what we gave to the people um, and, and the goodness that they saw in, in, in the Americans uh, and meeting them face to face. I mean, they probably hear about Americans in, in, in textbooks and different things, but to meet one, meet an American soldier face to face is is different. Mm-hmm. Right? They they see the goodness and and the and the care we really had for the people there. Yeah, yeah. I you know, and and in fact, uh, we did manage uh, to root out. Uh, we we haven't been attacked by uh, an Al Qaeda style uh, uh, terrorist attack since. Uh, so at least we were able to root out that kind of terrorism in Afghanistan, and uh, so that's that's not a small thing. So, right, yeah, and I think that's and that is the, the hope that that you know that uh, that 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 type of terrorism won't won't emulate from that country again. And I think I don't think we really know right now if, right. if it will or not. But I, you know, I, I think you know with with ISIS K and some of the other organizations that work out of Afghanistan already. Um, or I was very familiar with when I was there a year ago. Um, uh, it does it does kind of lead you to believe that 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 maybe our safety in America maybe isn't quite as safe now than it was when we were were over there. Right. You know, keeping those those enemies at bay. Right, right. Um, 
did you see much incongruity between your role as a U.S. Marine going into Afghanistan and your role as a Catholic priest going into Afghanistan? Yeah, yeah, I think there's, 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 you know, we came, we came to be, you know, obviously when we first went in there, it was, it was, I mean, the whole 20 years, it was, it was war. I mean, it was, you know, as a, as a Marine, I'm a combatant, um, you know, I'm there to, you know, if I have to I carry a weapon, I carry a, a rifle, mm-hmm. um, you know, but the, the goal was not to, uh, was, was to, you know, free the people of Afghanistan and root out terrorism. And, and I think sometimes, you know, in, in modern warfare, it's it, obviously there are times when you will have to kill the enemy, but, you know, the, the goal is, is that you, you create a better place and uh, you create stability. And as a Catholic priest, obviously, I'm not a combatant. Right. <laughs> and I don't, I don't carry a weapon. Uh, you know, my only weapon was a rosary. Right. And, uh, um, and again, I think that, you know, my interaction, I think the role of the chaplain, the role as a priest is very um, important as well and in a different way. Um, again, every, every morning I, I, I had a, a thought of the day or a prayer and a prayer uh, for my command when I was over there who was going off and doing you know, very, very, you know, dangerous things and even deadly things. Um, but my role was to uh, also to bring hope, you know, but not just to the people of Afghanistan, but to, to our own people, you know, mm-hmm. our own military men and women who were going out uh, and leading and flying aircraft and, and doing the things they had to do um, in defense of our country. So, again, in many ways, we, we are people, I think we went there as people seeking good um, uh, as, as American soldiers, as a Marine, but also as a priest. Um, the way that we do that is, is differently, obviously, but... Um, my role as a priest, I was able to bring the sacraments and, uh, you know, and, and really give comfort to our men and women who wear the uniform, both from America, but also you know, from other countries that were there who also sought the sacraments. Cause, yeah. And so in many ways, I could work with a variety of people um, because we shared something in common, which was our Catholic faith. Yeah, yeah. Did you, uh, did you have opportunity uh, to minister to non-Catholic Christians as well? Absolutely. So we... Um, and even even people of non Catholics, but even people of uh, different faiths altogether, okay. Muslim or, or, or Jewish traditions. And sure. I think as a chaplain, you are there to provide for everybody. You know, yep. I provide for my own. I provide the sacraments for the Catholic uh, men and women. But you know, many times I had people from many faith denominations or people who don't believe at all, you know, coming to seek. And I, obviously, I rely upon my own my own faith. And, and they can always bring that up in a conversation or in counseling. But you know, but I can I draw from my I draw from the same well. Which is my belief in Jesus Christ, right. um, and so you bring those same things forward, and they might not realize it, but it's, it's I'm teaching them Christ, and uh, and I'm bringing his you know his goodness to them. Um, so it was, it was, and I learned a lot from even working with other chaplains from other denominations. You know, I learned a lot from them, and the collaboration we had yeah. uh, was wonderful. I mean, I had many Protestant chaplains bring Catholics to me and say, "You really need to see this young man and this young woman," yeah. and uh, which was a great aspect of us working together. That's great. No, that's great. How how busy were you? I mean, what what was your day like over there as chaplain? So as as, as an Air Force chaplain, I was we worked nights, and so because most most missions are done at night, and so we worked nights, and so um, typically I, I we'd get up in uh, late late afternoon, and uh, and I'd always start out with a with a, a meeting with the entire staff, and we would, and that's where I would the chaplain always had a a thought of the day or, or a prayer or some, some brought some um, aspect of, of faith, um, of hope uh, to the day, uh, encouragement. Uh, and then, uh, then I did a lot of counseling. I did, I'd go and visit a lot of our different units. I was at Bagram Air Force Base, so the last big base we had in Afghanistan. And, and so I would travel around the base and visit a lot of our airmen. And, and um, I had first thing I did, would do in the morning after that 
before that first meeting, I had, I had daily mass. Uh, so we had daily mass at a, at a chapel uh, on board the base. Um, and it was, it was always amazing. So I was there for almost six months. And uh, every day I said daily mass, at least one person showed up. And it usually was, they wasn't even expecting that at times. You know, they just happened to walk into the blessed sacrament <laughs> chapel. And, oh, wow, there's mass going on right now. <laughs> and, uh, and many times we had more than one, but it was never a day I said mass on myself, which I thought was a, a great testament to the, to the desire for people to, um, to receive the sacraments yes. or to even just who, people who just came through uh, the Blessed Sacrament Chapel, because we always had Jesus' presence there. It was the little chapel that's off of the main chapel there at Bagram. And, and uh, I'd go there at the middle of the night, and people would be there uh, praying. Or during the middle of the day, people would be there praying. And so most of my day was just, you know, was uh, was, was kind of that. It was, uh, uh, again, many times, many counseling sessions, uh, you know, people missing their spouses, young, I mean, young airmen, young soldiers. That, yeah. I mean, when we think about those young Marines that and soldiers and their sailor just passed away, over in Afghanistan, I mean, majority of them were, you know, 20 years old. I know. You know, and and 20 years old is, you know, they're they're you know homesick. They're you know they're uh, they're scared. Yeah. And uh, and so being able to be be there for them and and help them in that time of of, of need. Did you are the men and women in the military that you would minister to today in in 2021? Uh, or 2020-2021, do you know any different, have you noticed any differences between them and the Marines that you went in with uh, back 20 years ago? Uh, Roughly same age, I assume. Uh, Are there any other differences? I mean, are there any differences? You know, I I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard hard to... um... Differences. I think you know. I think we do to live in a different society now than we did 20 years ago. I mean, I I, I think there's uh, um, you know the people that enter now. We've been in a war for 20 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, most people don't even remember 9/11. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of um, a lot of these young men and women who passed away were babies when 9/11 happened. Yeah. Um, you know, I, th- I you know I think in our, our culture we we are um, there is less you know um, people who practice their faith. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you look at like, you know, Viet, you know, World War II to, into, to Vietnam to, you know, to 20 years ago to today, um, I think people depend a lot more upon their faith and upon God maybe 20 years ago or 40 years ago mm-hmm. than we do now. And, and I personally, I think that's one reason why PTSD is such a, uh, we hear a lot about PTSD. Yeah. You know, nobody, nobody that, that, that has to go into war and, and, God forbid you have to kill somebody or hurt somebody else. Um, I mean, that's never an easy thing. Right. And, and, and I don't know how anyone really deals with that right. uh, without faith. Yeah. And that's why I think we, with, with not having that faith to rely upon, and um, it, I think it could be very, very challenging to go, to go forward. And to, cause, because not doing, having to do those things is not something that you can just wake up one morning and, and be fine with. I mean, you need somebody to, to talk with. You need God. Yeah. No, I I agree. Um, do, do you know what the church can can do? I mean, I, I, my father served in, and my uncle both served in World War II. I grew up uh, during the Vietnam era, um, although I didn't serve in Vietnam. Um, and I I, I wonder. My, my father's generation didn't have didn't seem to have much expectation that. 
uh, I mean, they expected to be welcomed back. You know, they were conquering heroes, so to speak. Um, but I had one uncle that really was damaged during World War II emotionally. You know, it, it affected him for the rest of his life. Um, but there was no talk of PTSD back then. Uh, and today we talk we talk about it. And uh, what can the what can the church as an institution do, and what can individual Catholics do, to keep alive a climate in which uh, men and women returning from uh, combat situations uh, can can uh, get the help they need? Uh, let me. I'll leave that question there for the break, and we'll come back and pick it up. Okay. Okay. Sounds great, right. Father. Uh, Andrew Young is with me. He is, uh, as I said earlier, he went into Afghanistan just after September 11, 2001. But he returned there as a Catholic priest in uh, 2020 as a chaplain there. We'll talk more on the other side. Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. With me, Father Andy Young. He went into Afghanistan right after September 11th, 2001, as a U.S. Marine. He returned in 2020 as a Catholic chaplain. And we were talking about different reactions or different responses that people have to uh, veterans, and especially combat veterans. Uh, I mentioned uh, in World War II, in my family, I had one uncle who died at the Battle of the Bulge. Another uncle uh, who was damaged uh, emotionally uh, for the remainder of his life, and my father, who didn't seem combat at all, and uh, was kind of had a good time. Is <laughs> what he told me. But uh, today, when we think of combat and we think of those returning, uh, we're very much aware of. PTSD and other uh, problems that might uh, associate war is unnatural. I mean, it's 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 brutalizing to people. Uh, what can the church do as an institution, and also Catholics as individuals and other Christians as well, to keep alive a climate which is is helpful uh, to returning uh, combat veterans? Yeah, I think you know the. I, I think that one of the greatest things we can do for for our military, you know, veterans you know, serving currently is to pray. And I think, you know, the intentions at Mass, many times, I mean, I almost always have an intention for our military or our veterans mm-hmm. uh, at Mass. Many times when I have family members who are in the parish, and they'll often thank me afterwards for remembering their their veteran or their, their son or daughter who's serving overseas. So I think in many ways, that's a, it seems like a very small way, but prayer is not small. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that is so... You know, they were to remember them, and we pray for you know lots of intentions, lots of things we need to pray for, uh, but but praying for those who have served and and those who are serving, um, and also in a, on some of our major holidays, you know, you know, you know Memorial Day. And, yep. You know, sometimes Memorial Day can be the, the day that mass is canceled, you know, on a Monday, you know, or <laughs> right. or Veterans Day. You know, those are days that I I think as a church we really should, you know, really celebrate those days, welcome those days, um, and and, and make make them important. You know, invite invite 
uh, invite veterans to come to them, you know, make, make them important so they really know that they are remembered and being prayed for. Because I think the more we welcome uh, those intentions, the more we, we celebrate those, those Memorial Day or Veterans Day, the more those veterans are going to feel welcome in our parish. Good. And, Good. and the more they're going to come to us and, and, and feel, you know, and if they need the counseling or if they need to talk to somebody, uh, they're going to feel that that's a place for them. Yeah, very good. Uh, I, I want to go back to uh, your work as a chaplain and uh, dealing with a wide range of people. Did you uh, do, have to do much with uh, Muslims, say translators or something? Did you have many Muslims that you worked with? I, I, we did. We we had, uh, especially when the, when I was there initially, we didn't have many translators because we just weren't in that position yet. We were so. It was just in our initial kind of push know, from Camp Rhino, Afghanistan, which was the first airfield that we had up to Kandahar. Mm. Uh, when I went back, though, I did have interaction, um, especially with one translator. Uh, he was actually in, just had come come into country. They had come, come to Bagram, and I had met him at the Blessed Sacrament Chapel. He came one day. Hmm. He, he was there for daily mass, yeah. and uh, uh, he was interested in becoming um, a Christian, a Catholic. Really? And he had been exposed. He'd come to America— uh, because he was brought here to, to I guess, to, to study a little bit, and then with the intention he'd go back there to be the tr- a translator, and he'd come back, and his, uh, he was actually from Kandahar, from uh, Kabul, and uh, and he had been to church in America, he'd been to Catholic Church, the family that kind of took him in uh, would take him to, to, to Mass every Sunday, and, and so I only had about two weeks with him, uh, and uh, so I requested permission from Archbishop Rolio uh, for the Archdiocese of Military Services, and, and so I was given permission to uh, baptize and confirm and give him first holy communion because he was going to a very dangerous area. Wow. Uh, where, um, and he was very fearful um, uh, of, and he, but he, he knew, he actually revealed a dream that he had to me where he saw this man um, come and save him. Uh, he was drowning and this man came and saved him. And when he went to the Catholic Church for the first time, he realized the man was Jesus on the cross. <laughs> and, uh, and so he Woo. knew that he had to be Catholic. And, uh, and it was the day I was supposed to actually baptize him was the day before I the day day before I left Afghanistan for the last time. Uh, he we were supposed to do the baptism because we wanted as much time as we could to kind of give him everything we needed <laughs> to help him understand the faith. And, sure. And uh, in that morning, he he we I had other people. I had some different soldiers and some Marines and some airmen there we were to kind of celebrate this great day for him. And and he didn't come. And so right before mass, I had changed everything back to just the daily mass. And uh, he walks in. And he's like, the devil was out to get me. My alarm clock didn't go off. <laughs> and uh, so he came in, and we did the baptism and first holy communion and confirmation. And, and we didn't take any. We we took some pictures, but we didn't. We, no one. We, he didn't want any on social media because he had such great fear. Yeah, yeah. Um, such great fear of being a translator, but also now being a Christian translator. Yeah. Uh, so it was. Um, you could just sense the fear in him. He was so excited to be be a Christian, and and I was I was so excited about two months after I had left, the priest, the army priest who replaced me, uh, went to that base where he was at as a translator. And, uh, uh, and he put out, you know, daily, they were having mass today. First time we had mass there and since I'd been there and uh, he came to mass. Nice. And so he received communion for the second time. Wow. Did yeah. he, was he able to leave Afghanistan this time or is he still there? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Um, you know, he, he, uh, we didn't, you know, again, there was a, such a fear having a connection yes, that he, yes. I, didn't, I didn't get his phone number or his email just because um, of being being connected to, to to an American. He didn't want that connection. Right, right. Um, so, 
Uh, I pray, I pray he got out, you know, yeah. um, uh, and, and, and he was very fearful for his family because of, because he was now a Christian man and that uh, he was fearful that they would, they would shun his family right. uh, if anyone found out. Yes. Yes. You sense that real fear in them. And, but he was elated to be a, be, be a Roman Catholic. Uh, but he, he still had great fear for, for his family. Yeah. 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 I remember being in Istanbul, uh, in looking for, there was a Catholic church there. But it wasn't permitted to have any uh, identifying features to it. It was set back off the main street, and um, and the the bishop uh, was reluctant uh, to engage in public baptisms and things of that sort. I don't know all the because I was just visiting there, but uh, the mm-hmm. conversations I had with um, a, a former Muslim who was seeking baptism uh, was having a hard time uh, getting finding acceptance. I'm not sure exactly yeah. what happened, but uh, I I know that it, it's hard. It, I think it's hard for Americans to imagine living in an environment in which b- being a Christian is could be phys- there could be physical retaliation uh, because yeah. of it. Like, you know, Istanbul is not Afghanistan. I'm not trying to claim yeah. that Kabul and Istanbul are the same. But but in both places, though, yeah. it's it's not a plus to be a Christian. When I was in, before we went into Afghanistan uh, at the beginning of the war as a Marine, uh, we were in Pakistan uh, during the air war, and uh, I was in a room. I worked with the, with the Pakistani military. It was a kind of a, ju- a room where we would deconflict. Um, uh, Security because we were at a, we were at the airfield in Pakistan, and uh, at it every morning the the, the soldiers uh, would leave and they'd go to their their prayers their Muslim prayers in the morning, but this one gentleman never would leave and he was like a servant boy, and one day he came in and he was kind of cleaning the office and he came up to me and he patted him on himself in the shirt and chest and said said Matthew, Christian, and I thought he was saying me I'm like no no my name is Andrew <laughs> yes I'm a Christian he goes no 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 Matthew Christian. He wanted me to know that he was a Christian, but he was afraid to tell me in front of the other guys because they were all Muslim, but he wanted me to know that he was a Christian and how, how, but you could sense the fear and not again, privately telling me, but he was so proud to be a follower of Christ. Beautiful. What would you say to younger priests who are considering service as military chaplains? Um, Is it difficult? Uh, Is it worth it? Uh, Is it complicated? You know, we, we need Catholic priests serving our men and women uh, in uniform because, you know, in those types of situations, you know, like as a Marine, you know, I was over there not as a priest, but as a Marine, and, uh, and, and I wanted to receive the Eucharist, and I wanted to receive confession before I had to go do what the government, uh, our, 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 you know, America was calling me to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we need priests to, to, to provide those sacraments to our men and women. It is hard. I mean, because you live, really live in a multi denominational, cultural environment. I mean, you're, again, I had counseling for people who would come to me for counseling, which had, had beliefs that I did not believe in. Right. <laughs> they had, right. they were following lifestyles that I did not agree with. <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's but, right. But, but in my own way, I could still help them. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't going to, 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 they weren't going to walk out of my office being Catholic. Uh, and I wasn't, they knew I wasn't going to agree with what the certain lifestyle they may have been living, mm-hmm. uh, but they knew I cared about them. Yeah. Um, and, they, and they knew I was going to do whatever I could for them. Um, and I had, you know, and, and they knew that they could come to me because, because I love them, you know, as, 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 a, as, a, as a Roman Catholic priest and their chaplain. Um, so, so we do. We, we definitely need 
um, you know, it, it's challenging and it's, and it, it's probably say it's not for everybody, but, uh, but again, I think it's, it's really, if you talk about missionaries, I mean, you know, we can be a missionary in Africa, but, but really going with our military is being a missionary because you are going to cultures and, and, and things that are completely different than a Catholic church I serve in, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're going to be exposed to things, which you maybe have never been exposed to. But, um, but I think the most important thing is that we, they have the sacrament yes. and, uh, and it's something they desire and, and we need, um, how, how does one become a, a military chaplain? I mean, it, 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 where do they, are they drawn from um, diocese, or is there a special route to become a chaplain? They are, their diocese, they were, I always say we're on loan. You know, the, the chaplains are always on loan, the Catholic priests are always on loan okay. from their diocese, mm-hmm. um, and they're loaned to the archdiocese for military services. And, and there's different ways to do it. Some, some, uh, are co-sponsored. So when they're actually in seminary, the archdiocese will actually pay for half of their education. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and then, so it's less money for the diocese. There is a commitment there, yep. uh, five years to serve. Um, so that's one way to do it while you're in seminary, if you feel that calling. Uh, or after you're ordained a priest, uh, the, the archdiocese says, come and see visits, where they could, they you know, they kind of expose you to the military. And, mm-hmm. and the, the, your own bishop has to release you uh, for a period of time uh, to go and serve. But as, as you know, Bishop Swain, my former bishop, but he always said, it's like, he said, you know, they are, are um, somebody is going to, to evangelize them out in the military. He said, so it might as well be us. And he said, they <laughs> might not be living in South Dakota anymore, in Sioux right. South Dakota anymore, but they're still ours. I mean, because, you know, in the military, you keep your home, of re- your home of record. So I'm from Mitchell, South Dakota. You know, when I was serving in California or Virginia, my home of record was still Mitchell, South Dakota. Okay. And that's the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And okay. so that's really still our commitment yeah. and to, to care for them. Uh, you know, as, as America changes uh, in its acceptance of certain lifestyles, uh, you know, goes on, do you run into conflicts? Do you, are you, does the, are chaplains required to, uh, for instance, would a chaplain be required to conduct wedding service for two men? No, we, okay. we, we always fall back to our uh, to our, our 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 endorser, which is the Catholic Church, which yeah. is the Archdiocese Military Services. So yeah. we would never have to go against um, our belief system. So if there were, you know, if there was like an event for for you know Pride Month, we would not be required to pray at that. Yeah, we can, we would say we that's a conflict of of interest. Um, so we would we would step away from that. So okay. we are never ever put in conflict. I mean. The, the, you know, at times when people come for counseling, you can feel a little conflict there because, but we can always, you know, say, well, you know, I, I really can't, you know, your situation, specific situation, I really can't help with. But you know what? I know a chaplain down the hall, yeah. which yeah. I will walk you down to his office, her office, and, 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 and they'll, they'll help you out. And, they'll, and so, again, we do a lot of liaisoning like that, things sure. that I can't do, but I'll take them to somebody else and then let them uh, care for them in, in whatever way they, they see fit. Yeah. Father, thank you so much for joining me today, but above all, for all the work that you've done for our country and for uh, our uh, military, and uh, I hope we can talk again. Sounds great. Thank you so much. God bless you. <laughs> Father Andy Young, uh, I love this idea. You know, he goes off right after 9-11 to Afghanistan, returns 20 years later as a Catholic priest and as a chaplain there. He's seen a lot. I'm Al Cresto.